Turn with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter 15. We're going to read from verse 1 together. It says, Afterward, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward. Reward. (laughs) Sorry, I was naughty, I know. But your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord. How many of you can hear yourself in this response? But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? That sound familiar? It's like, yeah, well, I know you're doing this, 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 but this is what I want, Lord, and you're not hearing me and you're not answering me. Since I don't have a son, Elysia of Damascus, a servant in my household will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no children. So one of my servants will have to be my heir. Then the Lord, Lord, said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir. You will have a son of your own to inherit everything I am giving you. Then the Lord brought Abram outside beneath the night sky and told him, look up. Everyone say, look up. Look up into the heavens and count the stars if you can. Your descendants will be like that, too many to count. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord declared him righteous because of his faith. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land. So here we are, standing in the midst of 2019. Uh, Here we are, July. It is summertime up here. It's wintertime in Melbourne. Praise God, we escaped. You know what I'm saying? We are here. I went out for, what, one hour in the sun yesterday? looking at your beautiful seals and I got myself sunburnt just like that. But here we are standing in the middle of 2019 and the rest of the year is still before us. How many of you can believe the rest of this year is going to be better than the first part of this year? How many of you believe that God has still got so much more for you in 2019? Friends, I want to encourage you today to be believing that the rest of 2019 is going to be better than the beginning of 2019. I believe as I stand here today and I believe that you're believing as we sit here today, that that God by His Spirit is going to impact and influence our lives like never before. I don't know about you, I'm a believer. I'm a simple believer. If it's in the Word of God, I'm going to believe it. It doesn't matter what they say, what the naysayers say, I'm going to believe the Word of God. i got a choice in this. I'm not going to be pushed around and shoved around by every thought, every teaching out there. I want to go back to the Word of God. What does my Bible say? And my Bible says that the future is going to be better than in the past in Jesus' name. So friends, uh, I'm telling you the truth when I say that God has got so much more for you in 2019. But for you and I to embrace everything that God has got for us in 2019, we're going to need to let go of yesterday. How many of you know you can't lay hold of tomorrow if you're still embracing yesterday? You've got to let go of the pain, let go of the heartache, let go of the victories and the wins For it's impossible to be laying hold of the new as long as you're still embracing the old. Doesn't matter what it is, good, bad, or whatever. That's why the Lord had to get Abram outside into a space and place where he might get him to see something new. God wants to show you something new. God wants to reveal to you something that you've never seen before. When was the last time you saw something new for your life? When was the last time you saw something new in your wife? Baby. When was the last time you saw something new in your marriage or something new for your family? When was the last time you saw something new for your finances or new for your future? When was the last time 
you saw something new. That's why God had to get Abram outside, that he might show him something new. In Genesis 15, verse 5, as we've already read, then the Lord brought Abram outside beneath the night sky and told him, look up. Everyone say, look up. Look up into the heavens and count the stars if you can. Your descendants will be like that. Too many to count. Now, it was crucial that before the Lord spoke to Abram, that he got him out under the night sky. Why was that? Because he wanted to remove every obstacle, every hindrance and everything that was going to blind Abram for the amazing possibilities and opportunities that were before him in God. Friends, I tell you, you have, there is so much for you in God. Some of us, though, we're in a place or in a space where we can't see what God has got for us and we're blinded from what God has got for us. He wanted to remove the ceiling of disappointment. How many of you have ever been disappointed? <laughs> Eight of you. God bless San Diego. <laughs> Georgie, we're moving here, baby. It's like, it's like I, I love this place. No one's been disappointed in San Diego. Uh, Ron Burgundy was, but anyway, that's another story. It's like, friends, I want to encourage you. If you've been disappointed, we've all been disappointed. But God doesn't want you to live under a cloud or under a covering of disappointment. He wants to get you out. I can almost promise you this. If you haven't been disappointed, you will be disappointed. We say to new people in our church all the time, give me a wave if we've never disappointed you. And they wave and they say, I say, keep your hand up. We'll get to you soon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're coming. We're going to come and we're going to disappoint you. It's the way it goes. How many of you know? It's life. We disappoint each other. We don't do it deliberately. Uh, if you look at Georgie, oh man, if Georgie had shoes on today where you could see her toes, she's got the flattest little toes you've ever seen. Flat, like flat. Like people say, what happened to your toes? And I was like, oh, don't point out my toes. I don't like my toes. But the toes are like little squashed little like peas that have been stood on. You know what I'm saying? Little squashed peas. And I was like, it's okay, Georgie. No, Georgie. Oh, oh my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Georgie, don't get frisky with me. All right. But it's like, why she got squashed toes? How I many of you want to know why she got squashed toes? Because Georgie and I, we dance in our kitchen. Our, our girls go, because eh, it makes them sick. But now they've grown up and they actually like it. But when they were kids, they're like, ah. But, but here's the thing. I dance with my wife in the kitchen and I stand on her toes. I don't want to, but I want to do life closely with her. You do life closely with people. You'll disappoint each other occasionally. You'll stand on each other's toes. But how many of you know, we're not meant to live in that place. We get up, we get on with it, we step out, and we continue on in God. So he wanted, God wanted to remove the ceiling of disappointment. He wanted to remove the canvas of containment. How many of you have ever felt contained? You're, you're believing for this big, incredible life. It's what Pastor Jürgen and Leanne preach on all the time. You're believing for this, but at the moment you feel like this. Friends, I tell you the truth. God wants you to get you out from underneath that. He wants to remove the tent of restriction. God wanted it all gone that Abram might be, begin to see the limitless possibilities that are in God. So the Lord brought Abram outside beneath the night sky and he gets him to look up. Everyone say, look up. Why did he get him to look up? I'm so glad you asked. All right, let's go here. He got him to look up that he might see something that he has never seen before. Wants him to see something new. He gets him to look up that he might see something he'd never seen before. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, who are you, Skippy the Bush Kangaroo? You come and tell us that Abram has never seen this before. He was a sojourner. 
He was, a, he was a shepherd's man. He was like, he lived in a tent. He was an outdoors guy. He lived in the fields. He was under the night sky all the time. How can you say that he had never seen the night sky before? That's not what I said though. What I said was he wanted to show him something that he'd never seen before. I think it's interesting that we, that we live in a space and place a lot of the time where God is wanting to reveal so much, but we're just blind to it. So God gets Abram to step outside beneath the night sky and gets him to look up to reveal something to him that he had never seen before. Never seen it. A black and a blank canvas filled with opportunity, possibility, destiny, portion, longing and promise. I remember as a 12-year-old, my dad and I used to go shooting, as in, uh, I, I love America. You've all got guns, you know what I say. Uh, he'll have, what about California? Does anyone have guns in California? Especially, especially in San Diego. And so uh, I'd reckon everyone's, anyway, moving right along. And so uh, we used to go, we used to go bunny busting. You know what I'm talking about, bunny busting? You know, so, so my dad and I, we go out Friday night, we go out, it's 11 o'clock at night. I'm 12 years old, all right? I got my first rifle. I told our church a couple, a couple of weeks ago, got my first rifle as, rifle as a seven-year-old uh, in, in Australia. It's like, <sighs> in America, it's like, praise the Lord. Yeah, it's like, God bless America. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, so it's my right to bear arms. Amen. Amen. I, I got, all right, all right. Uh, stop it, stop it. All right, so, so we go out, we're going, going shooting. So it's 11 o'clock at night. We pull off the road. We pull up to the gate. I get out the car, I'm 12, it's pitch black, it's blowing, the wind is blowing. And, and so I get out, I open the gate, my dad drives through, he stops, I start to close the gate. As I'm locking the gate, my dad just drives away. Now we're out the middle of nowhere, like nowhere. And it's like, my dad just drives off. I see these two red lights on the back of his panel van. Uh, how many of you know what a panel van is? Oh, you should. And so he drives away in his panel van and over the hill he goes, he's gone. How many of you know, today they would call that child abuse? I'd need to get counselling. Back then it was just fun parenting, you know what I'm saying? It's like, my dad just drives away. I gotta tell you, I wanted to pee pee real quick, you know what I'm saying? I'm 12 and it's the middle of the night, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, I want to pee pee. And I was like, ah. the wind is blowing, it's cold, and I looked up and I could see the stars. Now I'd grown up under the stars, but not these stars. In that moment, I got a glimpse of God. In that moment, I got a glimpse of eternity. In that moment, I got a glimpse of the size and the space and the wonder. And it was like, this God, He knows me. He knows where I'm standing. Now, truth is, I didn't follow Him at that point in time, but I was aware in an instant, there is a God in heaven who created it all for us. Friends, I'm telling you the truth. I'm here to tell someone today. I'm here to encourage someone today. If you're thinking that your future is limited and there's no hope of your dreams ever becoming a reality, if you can't see your future beyond the here and now, what's currently in your tent, then it's time to follow the Lord outside and look up and see what you have never seen before. Remember, this is what the Word says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love Him. Does anybody love the Lord here today? Give me a wave if you love the Lord. All right. So if you're not seeing it, can I encourage you? Step outside. Take a second look. Look up into the heavens and see what you have never seen before. For as long as you stay where you are, your sight will contain you to within the walls and the ceilings and the challenges and the obstacles and the parameters and the restrictions of your current barren situations and circumstances. But when you hear the voice of God, that's the thing. 
when you hear the voice of God. I'm always intrigued when you first, it's like, yeah, okay, 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 okay. I, I, I can feel it. I can sense it. I can hear it. When you hear the voice of God, reposition yourself. Get outside and take a second look with eyes of faith. For doesn't the Bible say in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. With man, this is what? With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, I I know what they say, and they've all said it to you. It's impossible. You could never do that. You should stop believing for that. You're local. You know what I'm talking about. Local. It's like they, they say you're crazy for believing the word of God. They say it's impossible, but, but according to the scripture, with God, all things are possible. Praise God. I don't know about you. I'm still a believer. Are there any believers in the house today? It's like, now I, I know everything's coming against you. You've got disappointment. You've had disappointment. You're feeling restricted. You're feeling contained. But with God, it's either right or it's wrong. I'm going with right. All things, all things are possible. It's a long time ago. But anyway, last century, you had to be there. It's like, with God, all things are possible. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, then he touched their eyes. I like this. He touched their eyes. It's like he didn't just, uh, <laughs> but he actually like, he got up close and personal and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> is it, I don't know, but I don't think it was like, a, like hey. no, 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 he was like, <laughs> let the power flow. He, he got into their space. He got into their greed, into their eyes. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your, according to, not your mama's faith. Not your wife's faith. Not Auntie Jasmina's faith. No, no, no. According to your, your faith. I, I wish, I wish, I'm sure you're the same. I wish I could do it for all of our church. I, I, know, I, know, I probably shouldn't, but I wish I could. We've we got a daughter at the moment who is on her journey. We've got one daughter that's changing the world and we've got one daughter that's like, she's grown up in church and we're just seeing God move in her life, but it's not like we want it and it's not as quick as we want it, but we can see God there and it's like, it's like, come on, Lord. It's like, can I, can I do it? But I can't. I can't do it for my daughter. I can't do it for you. I can't do it. But according to your faith, according to scripture, Jesus said, according to your, your faith, will it be done? Will it be done unto you? Not possibly done. Not might be done, phone a friend, 50-50, you know what I'm saying? No, 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 according to your faith, will it be done unto you? Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And Jesus said to him, if you can, <laughs> if you can, are you, what, what do you think? Do you think I can? Do you, do you think I can? If you can. How many of you know if you can is like, a, it's like, it's like you're talking to God who created the heavens and the earth and created us and everything in it. And the Lord, if you can, if you could give me a job. And the Lord is like, if you can, is that the best you got? According to your faith, what we've done unto you. If you can, how many of you know God is like, I really believe it's like, Jesus, what Jesus is saying is, you need to get that out of your vocabulary. You just need to remove that out of your vocabulary. So if you can, if you can, then he goes, all things are possible to him or her who believes. Amen. All things are possible to him who believes. So the doctor may have said, 
anyone here in the medical fraternity, just out of curiosity, anyone, doctors, nurses, paramedics, good job. Let's give it up for all these guys and girls uh, in this world. I gotta tell you, I, I love the medical fraternity. We've got lots of doctors and nurses at home uh, in church. And it's like, our doctor is in our church. He's an uh, African brother from Nigeria. And I, I love him to bits and he loves me. And he's just a wonderful man. I love the medical fraternity. They're, uh, they're unbelievable people. They serve people. You go to hospital, like, as, in, as in, when I see blood, I just want to vomit. You know what I'm saying? As in, but these guys and girls, they look after people. They care for people. And so, so we have a scenario here where, where the doctors and nurses They've all, been, they've all been called upon. Abram and Sarah, they've been to every doctor in town now. It's like, we're trying to have a baby. It's like, how long have you been trying for? Like about 73 years, you know what I'm saying? It's like, man, man, have you, have you tried Barry White? Yeah, we've tried Barry White, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what about candles? Candles, yeah, we've done candles. What about, one, not going to go there. All right, so we, we've done it all. We've done IVF and every other. It's like, we've, we've done everything. We don't know what to do now. It's like, hey, how many of you know when you don't know what to do, you're actually in a great position now to go to Dr. Jesus? Yeah. All right, so praise God for all the medical fraternity. They will tell you the facts, but Jesus will tell you the truth. And he says all things are possible to those who believe. So I'm going to put my trust and my hope in God. A few years ago, three or four years ago, we we're having our summit, the Enjoy Summit. By the way, peace on behalf of all the enjoyers. And uh, enjoyers are international fun monkeys. We travel everywhere telling people about Jesus and whatever. And so here we are. So we're at summit. And for some reason, I've called out all the brothers and sisters that are married. Not, well, that didn't quite sound right. Uh, in Australia, brothers and sisters don't marry each other. Uh, <coughs> I called out all the couples that were married uh, that were trying to have a child, but, but for whatever reason, it's just not happening. And so I called them out. Now, if I can be really honest, I cannot even recall doing this. But it must have happened because there was too many people came up afterwards and telling me that they're now pregnant. So we, we got them all up. There was a, there, we got photos. There's a line going all the way across here. And so we just prayed and got back to, back to church. I was like, we're just doing our thing. And then three and four months later, all these people start coming and saying, Pastor Shane, we're going to have a summit baby. And I'm like, oh, that's... What are you talking about? And they're like, remember when you prayed? And I'm like, no, I don't. The first couple of people, I don't. They said, you prayed for all of us. And I'm like, oh, of course I did, yes. And, uh, and so we, I, I prayed. They told me I did. And so then, then we have eight, nine, ten, eight, nine, ten months later, whatever. All these babies start getting born uh, as a result of that prayer at Summit. Now, now uh, here's the thing. They're all so thankful, thankful. Pastor Shane, thank you so much. Can I tell you, not one of them called their son Shane. Yeah, thank you, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Not one Shane, not one Shania, nothing, nothing. And they say they're grateful. I say pigs, but whatever. Anyway, moving right along. So they can say whatever they want. So this is what happens though. We've got Intella. Intella is from which nation? Albania. But she sounds like a Russian, you know what I'm saying? So she's, she's my hairdresser. She's in our guest lounge. She's just delightful, been saved about five years. And so I go to get a haircut on a Monday morning. We're now probably a year after summer. She's in the guest lounge. She knows all the babies that have been born. So she's like, so I go there and I, I walk in. It's Monday. I've preached five times on Sunday. I'm exhausted. 
my, my, my brain is on the outside of my head. You know what I'm saying? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You're just wrung out after preaching. You're like, I'm done. I got nothing more to give. I got nothing. And I was like, I was like so I dragged myself in and in tell her, goes, oh, Pastor Shane. And she goes, uh, she goes, uh, I told Sandra, I told Sandra, you're coming in today and you will get her pregnant. Now, my brain is already on the outside of my head. And uh, this is, I'm struggling, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, and she goes, you'll pray for her, you'll pray for her. I'm like, I don't know. I'm going, yeah, but I'm, honestly, I'm thinking, I, I, I don't even want to talk to her. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to pray for her. I don't want to talk. I don't even want to be here. Just came to get a couple of hairs cut, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, so I sit down and she does her thing. I'm, I'm almost asleep. But I'm thinking to myself, there's been no more talk of praying for Sandra. And so I'm thinking it's not going to happen. So then this is what happens. She takes the apron off me. I start getting up and she walks up to the shop door, which has got a big roller door on it, and she closes the door. You got all the clients still getting their hair cut and Sandra and the other girls are in there cutting hair and now the door's locked and no one's going anywhere. And she goes, now, Pastor Shane, now you're going to pray for Sandra. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Now, to be honest, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be praying for Sandra. I don't even like Sandra. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like why, why me? I just want to go and have a, a meat pie and, and a, I just want to have lunch. You know what I'm saying? Footballs, meat pies, kangaroos and holding cars. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Whatever. All right. So, 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 so I pray for Sandra. I got to tell you, it was the worst prayer I have ever prayed. I don't even like this girl. I say, Sandra, do you know the Lord? I believe in God. Uh, that'll do, whatever. All right. All right. I'm exhausted. I don't want to be praying for Sandra. I don't even care for Sandra. So, so it's like, all right, do you mind if I put my hand on your shoulder? No, that's fine. All right, Father, give her a child in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever. All right, so... That was about it. I, I, I had nothing to give. So true story, six weeks later, I walk back in. Walk back in. The place is packed. It is busy. I walk in, dragging my feet again, and Intella yells out in the shop, Pastor Shane, you did it. Sandra is pregnant. <laughs> and I'm going, it wasn't me. It was Jesus. How many of you know that it's all a bit weird right there? It was Jesus, Jesus, uh, whatever. It's, uh, how many of you know the doctor may have said, but all things are possible to those who believe? Doesn't matter what the doctor has said, all things are possible to those who believe. It doesn't matter what report you've been given, all things are possible to those who believe. It doesn't matter what the naysayers say, all things are possible to those who believe. All right, sit down, sit down. All right, what about the accountant? Praise God for accountants. Do we have any accountants in the house? God bless, we've got them everywhere. Praise God. You guys, you guys are the best. I would hate your job. You know what I'm saying? It's like one, two, three. I'd go crazy, you know what I'm saying? I just could not do that. But, uh, but, but, but the accountant has said that your finances are going to be upside down. There's no future of you ever buying a house or expanding the business or doing whatever it is that God has told you to do. We were told when we went to the western suburbs, particularly to Sunshine, there was a revival, a Pentecostal revival was birthed. Actually, Pentecost was birthed in Australia in Sunshine, in the suburb where we are. And so for 70 years, 80 years, after that, 
Basically, every church that got planted there died. So we got told, when if you go to Sunshine, they will bury you there. How many of you know we're not buried yet? We're still here. <laughs> Look at that. So, all right, we're not dead. We're not dead. We haven't gone anywhere. But, but they said to us, it's like, it's, it is like there is low socioeconomic... <laughs> And then there's us, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's where we live. It's like, uh, there's, uh, you don't want to know about it, but it's Drugville, it's everything bad, it's sunshine. But how many of you know God's got a plan for sunshine? And so we went there, they said they would bury us. They said, you'll never be able to get a building there. You'll never be able to do anything. I remember one day, we, we, we were driving around for a year. It was, it was a crazy story. Actually, we were driving for six months. God put it in our heart that He was going to provide a building for us. So I grabbed my friend uh, who was an elder in the church and I said, we're going to drive every Thursday night for one hour and God is going to provide a building for us. And he's like, okay. So we start driving after six months, he says. So one hour every Thursday night. After six months of driving, he says, Pastor Shane, what are we looking for? I said, I don't know. Keep driving. When we see it, we'll recognize it. Until then, let's just keep driving. We kept driving. Within a short period of time, we were introduced to an Arabic businessman that was building a building for the glory of God. True story. We move in there. That, 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 you, you know our properties. So it is the Kidmania Center, Youth Center, all the rest of that. That's where we started doing church. So we, we leased this building. As we walked in this day, we we're walking into an 800 square meter, which is, I think, about 8,000 square feet. And so we walked into this building. But there's a building over here which he built for his business, which is uh, five and a half times the size of this building. So as literally, as I'm stepping in on day one, I look at his building and I said, Lord, thank you for this building, that we're able to lease this building, but I want that one. Uh, how many of you know some would say, well, that's, that's just ungrateful. No, that's just believing for the best. You know what I'm saying? We're going to believe for the best. So... About two years later, I, I, I was upstairs and I was looking at his building as in I wasn't coveting or lusting, uh, but I was drooling, you know what I'm saying? It's like, Lord, I'm believing for that building. And it's like, I know what they said, Lord, but I'm believing for that building. So it's pouring rain. I had my shoes on, which were my nice shoes. How many of you got nice shoes? I had my nice shoes on, but I got out and I walked around this building. Now, it had concrete out the front, but it's just got grass this high all around the back, three quarters of the way around. It's got grass grass is high. I start walking around. It's pouring rain. So I'm walking past the, the windows and the office people are looking out like, what is he doing? And I walked around once and they're thinking, it's pouring rain. I don't have an umbrella. I'm just walking in the rain. And then I walk around twice. By the third time, all their staff are there waiting for me to come back again. And I, I blessed them as I went past. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey. All right. So I walk past them once, twice, three times. I walked around it seven times. And guess what I did? I didn't shout because I didn't want it to fall down. <laughs> I just went home. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I just claimed it. How many of you know that's within 10 years, we were able to buy the whole property and it was such a blessing and it is such a blessing. How many of you know they said, it's impossible. They said, you're going to die in that place. But how many of you know we haven't died and it's not impossible? Your counsellor may have said that you'll always be a little unstuck. You'll always be a, a, a little detached. But I want to tell you, friends, it doesn't matter what they say. Your marriage counsellor may say there's no hope for your marriage. Can I say to you, they're all going to say something, but you need to know what has God said? What has God revealed to me? What has God got for my life? for my future. Now their words have become the limiting factor, the ceiling and the fullness of what you're believing for. So no longer are we going back to what God says. Now we've got what grandma said. She doesn't even like you. <laughs> Don't listen to her. You know what I'm saying? As in you've got to be careful who you listen to. 
Sometimes it's like, but they're my family and they love me. Who cares? You've got to listen to what they're saying. Is it lining up with the Word of God? Or is it just grandma talk or school teacher talk or boss talk? Who, who are you listening to? Go back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? Psalm chapter 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Can I encourage you? Step outside and take a second look. You've got to get outside beyond the disappointment, the containment, the restriction. Step outside and take a second look. Psalm chapter 121, verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. And everybody said, Amen. Why don't we just flick back to Psalm chapter 34, verse 10. We can even do that one as well. It says here, even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will never lack any good thing. Can I encourage you? Take a second look. This is either the Bible and the truth, or it's not. I, I, like I said, I'm a believer. I'm always going to go back to what does God say? It doesn't matter what they say. Like I said they said they would bury us there. We ain't buried. We're, we're alive to do God's will and God's purpose. You're not buried. You're here. You're alive to do God's will and God's purpose. Take a second look. I don't think any of us here would say that we've arrived. We're all still journeying. We're all still traveling. We need to get out from under that tent of restriction, containment and disappointment and take a second look. Psalm chapter 121, verse 2, my help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. I love this thought because when, when God made the heavens and the earth, where, where do you think that came from? Do you think that Father, Son, Holy Spirit are sitting around one day and it's like, well, what do you want to do today? Well, why don't we make some earth? <laughs> I don't think that's what it was about. I think God always had it in the, His heart to create you, you, not just humanity, but you. You were always in the heart of God. You were always in the mind of God. God created the earth as his footstool, a playground for you and I, that we might grow and love each other and love God and worship him and grow in him, grow to be like him. This has always, always been the heart of God. So God created the earth as his footstool and a dwelling place for his most prized possession, which is you. And then he creates the, the heavens, the stars above. Oh my Lord, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just look at them and I think, Lord, how big you are, how great you are. Look at your splendor, look at your glory. In a word, you spoke it and there it was. Why, why is it hanging there every night? It hangs there every night to remind each and every one of us of how great our future is in Him. It's there to remind us of the promises of God, which are yes and amen to those of us that are in Christ Jesus. It's there as a constant reminder of the goodness of God, of the promises of God, of the power of God. And friends, I tell you the truth, if you will step out of your current situations, if you will say to disappointment, I'm not going to be your friend anymore, I'm leaving you behind. If you will stay to restriction, I'm not going to live this restricted life anymore. If you'll say to containment, I'm not going to be contained anymore, but I'm going to step into the Word of God. I'm going to step into the power of God. I'm going to step into the will of God for my life, the purpose of God. I'm going to step into it all. I'm going to lay hold of it all. How many of you can believe with me that your life is going to change? I don't know about you. I absolutely believe it. There's what I also believe faith requires a response because you can believe it and just sit there in your tent or you can, you can say, yeah, I believe it and step out. There comes a time in all of our lives where we need to step out, where we need to put our faith into action. How many of you would like God to begin to show you some things that you have never seen before? Never seen before. I, I promise you, when I look at Georgia and, and my life, it's like, it's like, so I grew up in Aubrey. Aubrey's a country town. I, I'm just a carpenter, like our Lord and Saviour. 
just a carpenter. Georgie's a receptionist and a hot one at that. <laughs> to think that he could take myself from the country, the country boy and introduce him to the city girl. He would bring us together and we would fall in love. Hello. As I, when we fell in love, we weren't thinking this would be our future, but we just kept stepping out of our tent, looking to heaven, stepping out of our tent, looking to God, overcoming our disappointments, leaving them behind, overcoming restriction and containment and every word that had been spoken over us that doesn't come from God. We said, no, we're going to leave that behind here. We're going to step out into the will and the purpose of God for our life. We began to be, pray that God would reveal things to us and show us the things that we've never seen. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love Him. Do you love the Lord today? Just out of curiosity. If you love the Lord, that Word is for you, that Scripture is for you. God has got so much more for you, but you'll need to step outside the tent. You'll need to leave it all behind. You'll need to look under heaven. You'll need to look under God and say, God, speak to me. What we need is revelation, revelation, revelation. In 1998, uh, 1997, eight, God spoke to us. I went on a 40-day fast in January, February. How, how many of you know 40 days is 120 meals? <laughs> if you've been on a 40-day fast, you know it is. Georgie came home on about day 30 and she walked in and I was really embarrassed because I had her cookbook and I was... She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm licking the chicken. <laughs> How many of you love chicken? Oh, thank you, Lord, for chicken. When we get to heaven, there's going to be three-legged chickens running everywhere. Extra drumstick for everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 120 meals, lost 20 kilo. How much is that? It's a lot. It's a lot. And then God spoke eight months later. And now here we are living what He spoke. What He spoke was impossible. God wants to release you into the impossible. He's got so much more for you. He's got so much more for you. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, I don't know that I can believe. I don't know that I can believe what you've revealed to me. Just keep stepping. Just keep stepping. Just keep walking faithfully. Keep stepping. And God in His time will release you into His purpose. And it's glorious. But I promise you this, I can promise you as I stand here on this floor today, God has sent me because He wants to reveal new things to all of you, to each and every one of you. This is not just for leaders, it's not just for pastors, it's for every man, every woman, because we're all His children, we're all here. If you can hear my voice, this word is for you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com. 